Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pub Trivia Experience. My name is Chris, and before the episode airs, uh, I just want to just take a couple of minutes to talk to you guys, some real talk here. Um, so there's not really an easy way to say this, uh, but I got some rather difficult medical news recently, um, and uh, I'm gonna have to undergo some uh, a medical procedure here shortly. That you know we're everything hoping everyone thing hopes that we go, it goes okay and it goes well, but it's gonna cause a, a little bit of an audible for the show, um, as it will likely put me out for a number of weeks. So uh, instead of running a regular episode tonight, I just haven't had time, and quite frankly, haven't really been feeling up to it. Uh, so tonight's episode, the episode you're going to listen to right now, is going to be a couple of uh, bonus content episodes that we had recorded for the Patreon members. So our Patreon members have episodes that launch or drop uh, usually every week, and these are just a couple of them that we're going to be slated for a Patreon release. Only Patreon members, you have not heard these before. These are ones that we recorded about a month back. Uh, so these are new content for you. Uh, we're going to be doing some more bonus content for you as well. Uh, but for our regular listeners, uh, that's what you're going to get tonight. Um, and just kind of going forward, uh, honestly, we're we're going to be moving more towards. Um, honestly, we're probably going to be moving more towards hot seat episodes for the foreseeable future. Um, just while I undergo this 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 treatment and this procedure, um, yeah, there's not an easy way to say it, guys. I have, I have cancer. Um, so yeah, it, it seems like we caught it early, and I've got to recover. But it, it kind of is what it is at this point. I'm going to be taking some time to kind of get myself healthy, and the hot seat episodes, believe it or not, are the easiest ones to edit and the easiest ones to record. So we'll be moving into hot seat episodes. What you'll see first off the bat will be uh, a 21st century trivia via the hot seat. So you'll have some of your regular panelists. We'll be reaching out to some of our uh, our bourbon level and above patrons to to come on board as well. But we'll be having some some 21st century trivia. This is all happening in real time, guys. Like I am recording this the night the episode comes out. It is almost seven o'clock on the 23rd here in the, here in Clearwater, Florida. But that's what's going on. So we'll look to try and get these recordings done, um, hopefully this week, and then uh, kind of go from there. Um, but you know, you you probably may not hear from me for a little while. Uh, you've got the entire pub trivia group here is a. Uh, is going to be holding down the fort while I'm out, though, so I really do appreciate that from them. But without further ado, let's jump right in to your two bonus episodes. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pub Trivia Experience. My name is Chris and I'm your host tonight for some We're Booked Trivia. We're talking literature with two of our fellow book nerds starting out in Raleigh, North Carolina. Jeff, my friend, how you doing? What's drinking? Doing all right. Um, I uh, was actually just watching a uh, TV show based on one of my favorite books with, uh, with my kid before coming up here. Um, Please don't say the that, Handmaid's Tale. Please don't uh, say the Good Handmaid's Omens Tale. by uh, okay, Neil God. Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. I figured um, it wasn't Handmaid's Tale. 
<laughs> not quite yet. That's uh, that's also what my fourth favorite Atwood. Um, <laughs> True, but I knew you so, were. So. I am drinking some uh, Davis County uh, bourbon, uh, oddly enough, out of a glass with the label of the distiller on it. So that's uh, that's my what I'm. Is that one of their uh, one of their wine finished bottles or no? Just the regular. It's a uh, it's French oak, but it's not. It wasn't a uh, previous wine okay. uh, barrel. I, mean, I was really actually kind of surprised to find it down here, uh, to be honest, because I didn't think uh, Lux Row had, had uh, distributed down in North Carolina yet. But yeah, I ended up buying a bottle of uh, the Cabernet finished one up in Rhode Island because I had never seen it before either. So I guess they are distributing more, which is good because Lux Row is a good distillery. Yeah, yeah, there's 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 some good uh, some some good whiskeys we had there. So uh, this one's. Pretty solid. So. I'm a fan. Like I, I, I'm a fan. My, my cab finished one. I don't think I've had it on the show yet, but it's solid. Yeah. Heading out to Huntsville, Alabama. Mike, my friend, same to you. How you doing? What you drinking? Chris, I'm doing good. Uh, I've got my go-to bonus episode bourbon here with me uh, tonight. Still drinking my uh, Old Forester 1910. Not a bad uh, deli- bourbon. Delightful, delightful pour. Not a bad bourbon. Last time I saw both of you, we were in... Uh, Kentucky, Louisville for Mike's birthday party. So that was a good old time. Yes, it was. Well, we've got nine trivia questions here, all in the category of literature. Uh, Questions one through five are worth 10 points apiece. Question six, five points apiece with four correct answers. Seven, eight, nine are worth 10. Whoever leads at the end is going to take home the championship. We're starting with question number one to both of you. What wizard is traditionally depicted as teaching a young King Arthur? Um, I'll lock in. Locked. <laughs> Just going to go ahead and write down 10 each. Go ahead. Uh, Merlin. Hey, yes, I also locked in with Merlin. Merlin is a correct answer. Moving right along to question number two. In which book from the Harry Potter series does Dumbledore die? <laughs> uh, I can lock in here. Locked in. I need to know the name of the book, not the number in the series order. I need to know the actual name of the book. No, oh, that's fine. Um, yeah, I think I can manage it. <laughs> All right, Jeff, go um, ahead. Yeah, go for it. Um, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. And Mike? Yeah, it's most definitely Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. All well, right. these mudbloods are ruining everything. That is a correct answer. Nicely done, <laughs> gentlemen. Question number three. This one might be pretty quick as well. What American novelist wrote The Catcher in the Rye? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, do you know this one? <laughs> I was, I was going to go ahead. You've, you've answered the first two correctly, or first. I was going to let you lock in first so that I... All right, I'm locked one. in on this one. Yeah, this is definitely J.D. Salinger. Uh, J.D. Salinger as well. <laughs> J.D. Salinger is a correct answer, and I feel like there's some, some pretext there, but... <laughs> Mike, you wanted to explain your Catcher in the Rye fandom to the crowd? <laughs> catcher in the Rye fandom. I don't even know specifically what you're referring to about... Uh, you loved Catcher in the Rye back in college, at least. I don't know. <laughs> that's true. Cause, that's probably true because I reread it. When I first read it, I was 12 and I didn't get it. And I went back and I reread it uh, in college and I definitely liked it better. But I'm not, I mean, I'm not a huge Catcher in the Rye fan. I like the book, but I'm not like a diehard fan. Yeah, I honestly always found Holden a little, uh, little bit of a whiny little brat. But <laughs> well, there's a reason I related to him. Wow. <laughs> Moving on to question number four. What is the name of the narrator in The Great Gatsby? 
Okay, I'm locked in. Oh my gosh. Mike, talk it out uh, if you can. Nick Carraway? Is that right? That's what I had. <laughs> I assume that's your guess then? Yes, that was what I was. I'm sorry, I said it as a question, but that was my answer. Yes. <laughs> Nick Carraway is a correct answer. Nicely done. It was, it was bugging me because it didn't come to me right away. I was like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> Moving into question number five. Who runs away with Joe Harper in A Book by Mark Twain? Oh, I, I think... Uh, I, geez. <laughs> wait, I'm sorry, can you repeat it again? Who runs away with Joe Harper in A Book by Mark Twain? Joe Harper, okay. All right, I'm, I'm going to pick mine. <laughs> um... Yeesh. When it, when I heard "Runs Away," and then the name began with J, I immediately went to Huck Finn. But then I was like, "No, his name was Jim." Uh, so who runs away? I mean, and I don't remember the name Joe Harper. I, I'm not. A, I, I I love Twain actually, but I haven't read. A lot of his stuff so i'm just trying to think i mean if it's not huck finn i mean it could st- and it could still be huck finn but obviously tom sawyer huck finn those are the names that pop into your head uh i i guess um i guess i will say tom sawyer and Jeff? Well, uh, Mike didn't rush to the answer, but I also said Tom Sawyer. So the, the correct answer actually is technically both of them, either Tom Sawyer or Huck Finn, because oh. I did join them when they ran away. So uh, I'll give you both the points there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think they meant to put quotation marks around run away, but neither you know the answer they had was Huck Finn, but no, it was definitely both of them. It's true. They all, all were kind of in a group together. They were. Right. <laughs> Moving on to question number six. This is a multiple choice, multiple answer question, so feel free to lock in all four when you're ready. Name four screenplays written by Arthur Miller. Gosh. Yikes. I can name two. And according to my list, there are eight here. Wow. Uh, you said screenplays and not Correct. play. Correct. Screenplays. Plays. Oh, oh, that's a good point. Okay, I hadn't thought of that. It doesn't huh. help at all, but at least... Yeah, I mean, that actually kind of makes it harder to some extent. <laughs> yeah, it actually kind of does. <laughs> um... No, that wasn't him. Um... Yeah. Screenplays by Arthur Miller. All right, I'm just I'm gonna lock in with with some potentially correct answers and some definitely wrong answers just to give Jeff some time to talk it out. All right, Jeff, talk <laughs> it out. All right, so we talk Arthur Miller. We're talking movies of the '50s, '60s, maybe '70s. Um, pretty sure there was a Death of a Salesman movie, and I'd be surprised if he didn't at least get credit for the screenplay for that. I'm kind of wondering if he got credit for the Crucible screenplay, because even though it was filmed in the 90s, 
it was really faithful to the play. Um, what was Arthur Millerish and from that era? <laughs> Good lord. Um, I'm going back to like Philadelphia story or something. That's earlier. <laughs> That's not Arthur Millery at all. <laughs> um, and I feel like maybe on the waterfront was his. Um, that has a very Arthur Millerish feel to it. Um, even though I know it's, I think someone else wrote the book, but um, I have no clue beyond that. Uh, I am gonna need an answer. All right. Well, I'm just gonna say three. I'm just gonna say the. Uh, I'm gonna start with Death of a Salesman and the Crucible, and add in on the waterfront, and I don't have anything else after that. <laughs> All right. You locked <laughs> in with Death of a Salesman, the Crucible, and on the waterfront. Mike, what did you say? I'm sitting over here trying to contain my laughter uh death of a salesman the crucible or the two arthur miller plays i could identify right away like jeff i figured he probably got credit for the screenplays as well then i started thinking okay movies in the 50s that arthur miller might have been involved in and the very first one that popped in my head was on the waterfront <laughs> wow <laughs> so i did lock in with on the waterfront and then the fourth one i was just trying to pull one more 50s movie to get it over with and i landed on rebel without a cause Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> not a bad guess. Let's start with the ones that we did not name. We did not name. Actually, we'll start with the ones we did name. Uh, Death of a Salesman and The Crucible, both on the list. Excellent. And that's all both of you got right, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I kind of figured that. <laughs> yeah. I just love that we both landed on On the Waterfront. <laughs> that is really funny. <laughs> the ones on the list that we did not name, A View from the Bridge, Everybody Wins, The Misfits, <laughs> Let's Make Love, The Hook, and All My Sons. I have not heard of any of those movies. Yep, me neither. You heard All My Sons? I, they're a moving company around here. Oh, my Lord. Uh, they, that that one sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> and, and hearing the, uh, the misfits just makes me want to scream, I ain't no goddamn son of a bitch. Okay, scream that all you want. Your kids weird. aren't home. <laughs> question number seven this is your quotations questions who said the following always forgive your enemies nothing annoys them so much oh, I've heard this before oh jeez I have heard this before too I've heard this before yeah I have to and I, I can I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk in it's it's a name that popped into my head it sounds like something that person might have said even though I can't specifically attribute it to them. All right, Jeff, what do you think? It's one of those smart-ass things that sounds like it'd be like a Douglas Adams or something. Uh, always forgive your enemies, nothing... Right, repeat the quote for a second, please. Yep, it is. Always forgive your enemies, nothing annoys them so much. Uh, jeez. Um... <laughs> it also sounds like a I don't know uh, Machiavelli was a sarcastic son of a bitch but I don't think was, uh, <laughs> that's quite, true uh, quite that into aphorisms uh, 
I don't know. Um, also feels like one of those witticisms from like, oh gosh, what the hell? Is that lady even there? Like merely, I don't know. Almost feels like a, you know, I'm just going to go with Gertrude Stein, honestly. Yeah. Kind of feels like the kind of shit she would say. All right. Gertrude Stein is one answer. Mike, what did you say? Well, the first name out of Jeff's mouth is the one that I locked in with. I said Douglas Adams. Douglas Adams, yeah. Uh, both, not a bad guess. Uh, you went to Witty. This gentleman is definitely that. It's Oscar Wilde. Ah, yep. Ah, yep. <laughs> yep. That's totally, that totally sounds like Oscar Wilde. Two <laughs> questions left. Here's question number eight. In what decade did Ernest Hemingway die? I'll lock okay, in. Okay, I'm going to lock in. All right, Mike, what'd you say? I said 1960s. Jeff. I said 1950s. Ooh, a point of separation. He died in 1961. Mike with Oof. the points. Wow. Oof. Good pull. <laughs> I, 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 as soon as you said 50s, I was like, I was starting to doubt myself. I was like, for some reason, I had early 60s in my head, but I had, yeah. Nah, that's right <laughs> jeff for you to, for you to uh to tie this up you need mike to get this wrong and you to get it right here is your final question how many books are there in the harry potter series <laughs> we're talking about the original run. question i didn't write the questions <laughs> can i get a can i get a clarifying the original run the original run okay i can lock in all right yeah i think i can lock in too all right jeff what'd you say i mean there are seven of them Mike? Yeah, there's seven. <laughs> and with a final score of 80 to 70, your mini-episode champion once again is Mike. Nicely done, sir. One day you will get a life. <laughs> <laughs> but it is not this day. It is not this day, sir. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, that's been another bonus episode of the Pub Trivia Experience. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for your continued support of the podcast. We really do appreciate it. But for the Pub Trivia Experience, I have been Chris. I've been Jeff. I've been Mike. We'll see you next time. Have a good one. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special bonus episode of the Pub Trivia Experience. My name is Chris, and I am gathered here tonight to play another version of the Ultimate Pub Trivia Game. And this game is going to be nine questions. It's going to be one-on-one, -on -one, me versus Mike. Each correct answer is going to be worth ten points, except for... Question number six, which is a multi-part answer. And those are going to be worth five points apiece. Before we get into that, though, I will tell you, I am drinking myself a delicious and actually very light, low-calorie, low-carb, funky Buddha pink grapefruit hard seltzer. I know, not the hard stuff that you're used to hearing from me, but hey, I'm having a good time. I've had a couple already. I'm going to have one more. We're going to call it a night. Let's go over to Huntsville, Alabama to my friend Mike. Mike, my friend, what are you doing and how are you drinking? Wow. Messed that up already. <laughs> what, what am I doing and how am I drinking? Well, uh, since you asked, what I'm doing is recording a podcast with my good buddy Chris and uh, how am I drinking through my mouth? So, uh, <laughs> you know, at least I'm not a University of Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that's a, that, was a, that was a really obscure joke related to uh, – certain alternative methods they were apparently using to consume vodka about a decade ago. I'm pretty sure uh, John Cena 
used that same method of drinking uh, in a movie recently. So you're not too far off. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, Chris, I'm doing I'm doing good. I uh, you can insert a can opening sound here because I I decided I didn't want to wait. I've, <laughs> I don't want to wait. I've already popped open. I've already popped up. Yeah, that's right. Me and me and Paula Cole and all those kids on uh, Dawson's Creek. Uh, I popped open a lovely can of the Selfie Destruct Double Dry Hopped American IPA out of the thriving metropolis of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Southern Prohibition Brewing. Uh, I'm not really sure why a brewery would want to name themselves after Prohibition, but hey, you know. To each their own, I suppose. Uh, it's good. It's it's good. It's uh, it does it does the trick. It's not it's not my favorite IPA, but it's certainly drinkable, and it does have a bit of a unique flavor. So uh, I'd re- if you're and the can is really cool. So I'd recommend checking it out. I will like to check that out at some point when I can start drinking beer again. Until that day, I'm going to stick to hard seltzers and bourbon. Actually, no, I have a bottle of wine over there. I can have too. It's called Fit Wine. I think your wife is the one that actually turned me on to it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a there's a, a cab and a red blend, but it is a reduced sugar wine with low calories and only three carbs per glass. Okay, so cool. I will be having that in a future recording. But Mike, I have grabbed a card here. Nine questions from the ultimate pub trivia game, and this is all going to be pop culture. So the way this will work is, I will read the question. We will both lock in our answers. Whoever is the second to lock in will talk out their answer. And we're just going to see who has the most points at the end of this game. You're going down. I'm yelling timber. Oh, you better move because I'm going to dance. <laughs> at least I don't have to see it. Oh, thank God for that. All right. Question number one in the pop culture round. In the Transformer storyline, the Decepticons are the enemies of the Autobots. Who is their villainous leader? And oh I'm going to go ahead and lock in, actually. Oh my gosh! Ah, uh, Optimus Prime. Is it? Um, is it just Megatron? Is that right? <laughs> my my brain first said Metatron, and I'm like, no, you idiot! That's Alan Rickman's character in Dogma. <laughs> I think it's. I I was never. I loved the Transformers action figures. Like I had a bunch of those, but I was not a huge transformers guy which means i didn't see the transformers movie the original animated one in the in the theaters so i didn't endure the uh the heartbreak that so many of my generation did of watching optimus prime die uh but all that being said i think it's mega megatron um so that's what i'll lock in with uh so mike i am a big fan as you know of georgia tech football and one of my favorite players out of Georgia Tech went to the Detroit Lions. And that's Calvin Johnson, whose nickname is Megatron. So I can only imagine they named this character after the dominant Georgia Tech wide receiver. Naturally. Calvin Johnson. No, I went with Megatron as well. I'm going to go ahead and just take a look here and scoot the answer down. And Megatron is a correct answer. Ten points for both teams. Okay. You know, when I think of Calvin Johnson, I think of... It was that it was the first see it was, I think, week two or three. It was early in that first season after they uh, enacted that rule where you had to make a football move for it to be counted as a catch. Mm-hmm. 
and he very clearly caught what should have been the game-winning touchdown according to any normal interpretation of the rules. But because he did not make, quote-unquote, a football move, the Lions lost the game instead of won the game. And to me, I, I, I will never stop believing that that completely derailed the Lions franchise, both for the previous 40 years and the years since. That's a that's a bold statement. I can't <laughs> argue with you there. I uh, do yeah, think but that in, was that was a catch and that call was bullshit and I still remember that. <laughs> I do think of like all of the wide receivers I've seen play. Yeah. Like if I'm if I'm making if I'm drafting a football team, I need a wide receiver, he's the first one I'm taking. Yeah. That dude was unreal for sure. He was not only unreal but like seemed like I I don't know him off the field, but he seemed like a like a quiet guy, genuinely good guy. Um, he, he he wasn't locker room. There's there were some other really great receivers around that time, but they were locker room poison, and he wasn't. Yeah, the only one that, didn't, that kind of fits in that list that I kind of put up there with him is like Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, genuinely yeah. good guy. Genuinely good guy. Yep, exactly. Um, and then there's like Randy Moss. It's like, uh, no. So, right, right. Uh, I was thinking of like Terrell Owens and yeah. Ocho Ocho Cinco. Ocho Cinco wasn't a bad. His teammates seemed to love him a lot. Yeah, that's that's true. I guess yeah. I guess it's just he just had that. He was brash. He was yeah. Brash. He, he was brash. But honestly, you kind of need that. I think a little bit in a receiver. So I, I'll agree with that. We're moving on to question number two. And question number two is: What is the informal Google motto or slogan? The informal Google motto or slogan. Uh, I think I'll lock in. Okay, so my little brother works at Google probably change this sorry okay that actually kind of leads me to where i'm going because like i in my head i'm tying it back to like the hippocratic oath and i think it's like my head is going is it is, is it like do not do no bad do no wrong do no do no bad doesn't make any sense do no wrong i mean you you wouldn't Especially in, in an area that breeds innovation, you know, you're going to do things wrong all the time. Do no. All right, let's go to Asimov. Hold on. <laughs> I know him. Three rules of robotics. Yeah. Do no evil is what's sticking in my head right now, and I don't know that I'm going to have anything better than that. And I don't know that I like that answer, but yeah, I'm going to go do no evil. I don't. I don't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> well, I guess I shouldn't have made the joke about your about your brother because it uh, maybe, maybe helped you get there. You're very close to what I had. I've always heard it as don't be evil, but that's what I locked in with. Don't be evil is a correct answer. I, I, I would say we should both get credit for nope, that. You're, no. you're right there, too. No, I didn't get it right. So you're getting the 10 points. I'm getting zero. Don't be so I, like I'm in the Hippocratic oath, and it's like first do no. I'm like ah oh, no. I, I I literally almost locked in with first do no evil, and I said nope, that's not it. That's wrong thing, wrong thing. All right, we're moving on. Question number three: In Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Who paid for their meal when they finally reached their destination? I can lock in. Okay, so if you're locking in. I can think of three characters from that movie. There's Harold, there's Kumar, and there's Neil Patrick Harris. And the question makes it sound like it's not Harold or Kumar, so I'm going to go Neil Patrick Harris because I don't know anyone else in that movie. It's totally Neil Patrick Harris. He shows up at the end. He's like, yep, 
it's a dick. I I was a dick, and that's why I'm paying for your meal. Okay, let's take a look and validate. Neil Patrick Harris is a correct answer. Talk, I I still marvel at that career. He literally revitalized his career with that role. Oh, he did. He, he doesn't get hired no by your mother he, without there's it. There's no way he gets the role of Barney Stinson. I mean, he might have already been cast in it, but I don't remember exactly the way the time worked, the timing worked. But it was just a brilliant there's move no on, his, on his how, part how to be was, willing to, to set himself up like that. How I Met Your Mother had to be after that. It like, was. No, I know it was after that, but I just don't know if they would have already had the casting or yeah. not. But... All right, we're but, moving on to question number four. Question number four in the pop culture round. What movie was Christian Bale warned not to do because it would be career suicide? It's got to be Newsies, right? I didn't hear. I didn't hear what you said. It's got to be Newsies, right? I mean, <laughs> are you trying to give me the answer? A wrong answer. Yeah. Um, Honestly, Newsies is one of the first ones that popped into my head too. I've got it down to two, but I'll go ahead and lock in. Man. No, but yeah, honestly, Newsies was one of the ones that popped into my head. Career, what would he have been warned against doing because it was career suicide? Oh, it could have been like American Psycho because that was so – that's a pretty good answer. Newsies Newsies did pop into my head, but I think his career would have been too nascent at that point. Um. It wouldn't have been something like any of the Batman. I mean, obviously those weren't th- those, you know, I mean, it could have been, but I don't think so. I'm going to say American psycho. That, that, I think that's about the best answer I'm going to come up with. All right. So I'll, I'll tell you my logic here. I had it between two. One of them is American psycho because there was a lot, a right. lot of bad press around that movie and around that script in Hollywood. Um, it was actually very, very controversial. Uh, and it's actually a really weird freaking movie. The other one that's in my head is an even weirder movie in which he was down to like 140 pounds. It's a movie the called mechanic. The Machinist. The Machinist, not The Mechanic. Yeah, a Brad Anderson film called The Machinist. To this day is a this really creepy but really well-made film. Brad Anderson should get more work. But I thought between the two of them, my head went to, okay, which one of these is going to be likely to be an answer to a trivia question? And The Machinist was a low-budget independent film. American Psycho had some studio money behind it. I went American Psycho. Let's take a look. American Psycho is a correct answer. Well, look at us. Not bad, not bad. All right. I I still remember seeing that movie in the theaters and just being like, wow. (laughs) Is it The Chainsaw Down the Stairs? Yes, it's funny you mentioned that because that's the first thing I thought I was thinking of when I was thinking that movie was was dropping the chainsaw down the, through the flight of stairs. It's a really cool scene. Like it, it was innovative. It I'll is. That. It is. Question number five: Who played the character Miles in the movie Sideways? Okay, I will lock in. Okay, I'm glad you did. Um, I don't want to talk it out. <laughs> well, to, I only know. Miles is the guy's name, and I only know the two men that were in that movie. It's Thomas Hayden Church or Paul Giamatti. So is Miles the the guy getting married or the low luck or the, the lowly sap who doesn't have anyone yet? Somehow lands Virginia Madsen for reasons. I've had a thing for Virginia Madsen since Virginia Madsen since Candyman came out. Don't even get me started. Um 
And the only logic I have here is that Miles doesn't sound like a Leeds name. It sounds like a, a sidekick's name. So I'm going to go Paul Giamatti. Uh, I actually had the exact same thought. I cannot remember what either of the male characters' names were, but those are the two. And I also said Paul Giamatti. Oh, Mike, Paul Giamatti is a correct answer. We're both getting points. Boom. All right, we are five questions in. We're on to question six, and that means we are on to the multiple-part answer. There are four answers to this question. Here is the question. Name the four most recent James Bond actors as of 2014. Okay, I can lock in. Okay, so I'm not a big James Bond guy. I know you are. I know Adam is. But like, I'm not a huge James Bond guy. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, obviously, is on there. Uh, Timothy Dalton is on there. I guess what I don't know is when Casino Royale came out. But 2014, there's been how many of those movies and they take forever to make? I'm going to assume Daniel Craig is on there. So then who was it before this? So it's not Connery. It's not Lazenby because there was a little overlap. Not overlap, but they're real close together, if not overlap. And there's one more that I can, There's two more I can't think of. One... Is it more? And I feel like there's one more too, and I can't think of what it. There's one more that only did a couple. Then there's, is his name more? Is that the guy's name that did them after? That did like, he did like a run of six or seven of them. And I don't know what his name is, so I'm gonna say more. I'm gonna say Dalton, Brosnan, and Craig. What do you have? All right. Uh, so I, you know, I, use, I I'm a, I like the Bond films. I'm not a I'm not a huge Bond guy. There's still several that I haven't actually even seen. Uh, but I have seen at least one from all four of these guys. Uh, I actually haven't seen the, uh, the Living Daylights with Timothy Dalton, which is um, a glaring omission in my uh, Bond repertoire because that's, that's his first one, which is actually supposed to be pretty good. Working our way backwards, though, we have Daniel Craig. Uh, before him was Pierce Brosnan, uh, before Brosnan was Timothy Dalton, and before Timothy Dalton was a man by the name of Moore. His name was Roger Moore. Roger Moore. Yeah. So I, said I believe those were the four. Myself credit. Be- be- before, that, before that was Connery coming back, and then before him, then was you had Lazenby? Lazenby who did the one, and then Connery. So I Connery, Lazenby kind of split Connery's. Uh, there were no other... And if you want to count the other Casino Royale, which was kind of a spoof and had several people playing James Bond, Peter Sellers played a character named James Bond and David Niven, I think, played a character. There were several different actors that played characters named James Bond, and it was kind of a send up of James Bond movies. But that's the only other one. Otherwise, it's those six. I'm going to take credit for the fact that I actually know all the James Bond actors then because that's I would. I thought there was one more. You nailed it. All right, Mike, we are on to question number seven, and question number seven is our quotations round. I'm assuming that was correct, right? Yes, those are correct. I'm sorry. Okay. No, I just, I was, I was just, because I did hesitate because I was sitting here going, there was no one between Moore and Dalton, was there? <laughs> I thought there was either before or after Moore. I couldn't remember. I thought there was one more, but hey, you know what? Inter- Tim- 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 Timothy Dalton, best James Bond, according to Boozy Bracketology. I believe it's Pub Trivia Experience as well. Steven has laid claim to Timothy Dalton being the best James Bond. Did he do it on both? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's all right. I, I felt like I should chip in for Steven since he's not here. You're good. <laughs> Question number seven. 
who said the following quote, most people don't care if you're telling them the truth or if you're telling them a lie, as long as they're entertained by it. I have a joke answer. Um, Is it a politician? Uh, depends on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to give that answer. Um, uh, this could be anybody, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go ahead and lock in. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... It doesn't matter if you're truth or t- telling the truth or telling a lie as long as people are entertained. I feel like this is going to be, you know, I, I was, you know, obviously joking, but I think it's going to be somebody older, actually. Um, and you know what? Since I don't know, I think I'm going to say the director of that classic film, Psycho, and say Stanley Kubrick. To get in my one per cast. There's your one per bonus cast. Nicely done. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of I, I go there's a there's a song by Jimmy Buffett where he's talking about he's he's talking people keep bugging him if the songs if what he's writing about is true or not and he said his his response was just kind of enjoy the ride right it's not right. it doesn't matter um, I I agree I think it's it's someone older and I went kind of went back to in which in what realm is it going to be plausible that you would stretch the truth or lie in order to elicit an audience reaction. And I felt like movies, it's natural in that realm, so I don't think anyone's going to complain about it. So I went to songwriters, and I went to stand-up comedians. And I went to, like, my first place in my mind was stand-up comedians, and the political stand-up comedian I can think of that's been a, that was around for a long time was Carlin. So I went George Carlin. That's a great answer. That is a great answer. It's probably not a right answer. It's still a great answer. It's way better than mine, which is just a cheap shot at you. Okay, I was wrong. It's Tom Waits. No shit. Well, it was a musician, huh? Yeah. Huh. I mean, it certainly got his cynicism, so it It does. It does. Uh, The next question is going to be a question surrounding years, and here it is. In what decade did Robin Williams star in Mrs. Doubtfire? And obviously I can lock in. Uh, yeah, the year was 1994, I believe. So the decade was 90s. I also said 90s. And the 90s is correct. I actually have the year as 1993. Oh, was it? Okay. I was close. All right, Mike. Chris. You are ahead by 10 points. I am. Only because you were a little mean to yourself on the Google question, I would get I would have given it to you. No, I didn't say it right. So we're on to question nine, and I have the scores as is it seventy to seventy? No, eighty to eighty. Sorry, eighty to eighty. No, well, so, no eighty okay. to ninety. No, it's seventy to six. It's seventy to sixty. Oh no, eighty to seventy. We're on question nine. One of them was worth twenty points. You have. I get them one. all right, but I, but we we both missed the quote. You're right. Drinking and podcasting, folks, is not a good idea. It is 80 to 70. As as our longtime listeners clearly know at this point, um, why are those quote questions so always so freaking hard to get? I, mean, I don't know. Anyway. There, there, and there's no clue there to kind of clue you into what it is, but it, it is what it is. We're going to keep playing. Anyway, question number nine, yeah. the last question of the bonus episode. What was Twin Peaks population as printed on the Welcome to Twin Peaks sign? I'm going to go ahead and lock in. Oh, for Pete's sake. 
Um, I will be completely honest. Never watched Twin Peaks. I we watched the first episode when the new when the new one came out. Was it Twin Peaks: The Return or whatever? Uh, me and Nikki sat down and watched the first episode, and I really dug it. But our TV show ADD kicked in, and we just never went back to it. So I've only seen that very first episode with uh, the death of Laura Palmer and everything. This is closest to the pin. So for whatever reason, 5,701 was the first number that popped into my head. That is extremely weird, and I know that, but that is what I'm going to lock in with. That's funny. I actually locked in with 4,332. <laughs> so we're okay. not too far off. Let's see what the yep. correct answer is. 51,201. 51,000? Yep, Mike, you win again. <laughs> by only being off by 45,000 instead of 46,000. Oh, my Lord. That's okay. All right, so Twin Peaks wasn't is a small town, but it's not quite that small of a town. So you that's finished. That's not even that small. That's not even that small. Really. Well, nine questions, ninety points. I finished nine questions with seventy points. Not a bad game, though. Not a bad game, Mike. No, not at all. Not at all. Well, everyone, that's <laughs> been another bonus episode of the Pub Trivia Experience. We hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you to our Patreon listeners. We appreciate you oh so much. We will be back soon with more bonus content. Until then, have yourselves a good one. Bye, everybody. <laughs>